From him who is our solid rock, our firm foundation, be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. Our gospel lesson tonight, on the heels of, I think, one of my favorite hymns, is from, gospel, is from Matthew 7, especially this 24th verse. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. This is our text. So Jesus, in this part of the Sermon on the Mount, gives us a story of two builders. Not two dreamers who are dreaming about what they might build someday if they build their dream home, but two builders. Not two philosophers of what it might look like if, if somebody has a nice home to grow up in and all the rest of that, but two builders. Jesus describes two builders, not two architects who could, who could make a very nice drawing of what a house would look like, but no, two builders is what Jesus tells us about. And it's very important for us to recognize this because in giving us builders, Jesus is talking about doing, about acting. Both people in Jesus' parable are here to build. They make something. In this case, what they're making is houses. Jesus isn't talking about creeds or theology or doctrine here. What Jesus is talking about in this part of the Sermon on the Mount is practice. What we do. And another thing the two builders in Jesus' story have in common is besides being practical people of action, their homes are tested, as we saw in the children's time, by the forces of nature, the winds, the floods, the rain, all the rest of that. And so the quality of the buildings that they make is going to be tested. It's going to be measured to, by the ability that they have to withstand any and all storms that might come their way. The high winds, the water. These two builders are building in a real world where a storm can take a house down in just a matter of seconds. So what's the difference between these two builders? Jesus tells us. One of the builders is wise, and one of the builders is foolish. That's how he contrasts the two. And what is it that makes the first builder wise? We all know the answer to that question. He builds his house on a rock, on a firm foundation, while the foolish builder builds his house on shifting sand. And that's the difference. Rock on the one hand and sand on the other. Rock is hard and solid and sand is soft and shifting. Foolish builders expect their house to stand on shifting sand. The wisdom of both builders is measured by their building's durability during a storm. One of them lasts, and the other one fails and falls. Now, we need to be careful on how we interpret Jesus' story of these two builders. This isn't a story of comparing those who follow Jesus and those who don't. As Jesus spells out the meaning of his story, he makes it clear that both of these men represent people who, take note, hear these words of mine. So both builders hear the words of Jesus. 
So it's not a matter of one listening to what Jesus says and a matter of the other not hearing at all what he says. Both of them listen to Jesus teach. And today we might say that both builders, the wise one and the foolish one, represent people who read the words in red in their New Testament. Both of them listen to sermons. Both might even participate in Bible study. They know what Jesus is teaching. They know what he taught. And even more than that, they understand his teaching. So what's the difference between these two builders who learn, who hear, who understand Jesus' teaching? One of them, the wise one, listens to Jesus' teach. He understands Jesus' teaching. And then what? He does what he says. He puts it into practice. As Jesus puts it, this one hears these words of mine and does them. But then there's the foolish one. He hears Jesus teach. He grasps what it is that Jesus is teaching. But then what? He never does what Jesus says. In other words, this Teacher listens, this builder listens to Jesus teach, and he hears these words of mine, as Jesus would say, but he does not do them. So the story of the two builders is really a story about what Jesus expects from those who listen to him preach and teach. You are here tonight to do just that. But he wants more than you to just sit here in these pews and listen what he has to say. He wants more than praise for his valuable insights. He wants more than an impressive theological library or a list of truths or values that we subscribe to. He wants a life that is based on his teachings. He wants us to do what he has told us to do. He wants us to do his will even when it's hard for us to do, even when it's difficult for us to do, even when the storms rage in life as we know that they will. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is not so much an ideology or a philosophy as it is a blueprint, as it is a description for what the Christian life looks like. His practical teachings show us how to navigate our relationships in Christ-like ways. This sermon is meant to show us how we are to live in our day-in, day-out Christian lives. When life is easy, and yes, even when life is hard, when those storms blow up, when they come and beat against us. So it's not just about what we believe, it's about how we live. Jesus is concerned about that. In the ancient Greek world, there was what was called kind of an ascending staircase of maturity. And it went something like this. It went from knowledge to understanding to wisdom. So you climb this ladder from knowledge to understanding to wisdom. So knowledge was the learning of certain truths, which is something that we could do here tonight. Listen and learn the truths of Jesus. But understanding was grasping those truths so that you could easily tell them to others, so that you could articulate them. But then wisdom was when you practiced those truths, when you put them into practice, when you did them, when you lived them out in your life. 
Jesus is saying here that wisdom is putting his teachings into practice. He makes us wise, and we show that he makes us wise when we live our lives according to what he calls us to do. So imagine you get really sick. I mean, really, really sick. Sick so much that your life is at stake. So your physician prescribes you a certain treatment that includes specific medications, surgery, and even diet. You respect your doctor, so she's a respected authority on this kind of illness, so what do you do? You listen to her. You might ask for a second opinion, but, but wisdom would dictate that you do what she says, that you follow her pres prescription. So what are you going to do? You're going to take those pills. You will have the surgery. You will do the diet, practice the diet, just as she says. It would be foolish, wouldn't it, to ignore her, to not have the surgery, to not take the medication, to eat however you want. Follow your own opinion, maybe, about what your illness is really all about. That's how it is with Jesus' teachings. Jesus' teachings are meant for us to be done. You might remember a couple of years ago, we did the red letter challenge for 40 days. We looked through and read through the red letter words of Jesus in the New Testament, and we attempted, to the best of our ability, to carry those words out because Jesus' words are meant to be done. Jesus wants to see us praying and forgiving. He wants to see us loving our enemies and helping the poor. He wants us to make peace with other people and to show mercy where people need mercy. He expects us to be the salt of the earth. He wants us to light up the dark places in the world. The early followers of Jesus understood this wisdom approach to Jesus' teaching because remember what James, the brother of Jesus, writes in his book. He writes that we are to be doers of the word, and not just hearers, but doers. And so now here we are sitting here in the middle, toward the end of this Lenten season, and we're listening to the words of Jesus right here in the shadow of the cross. A week from Friday, we will be in the darkness of this church sitting at the foot of that cross. And that cross of love and sacrifice has become for us a motivation to build our lives on that firm foundation. To build our lives on what Jesus taught. We practice what he teaches. Not out of fear of judgment or not out of strict obedience to what he says. But we practice what Jesus says out of love for him and out of gratitude and thankfulness for all that he has done for us and for our salvation there at the cross. As we watch him weather the storm of his passion, as we're going to do over the course of this next week or so, we see Jesus doing just that. He practices what he preaches, literally. He's humble, he reconciles with people, he forgives people, even and especially us. He prays there in the garden. Jesus withstood his storm with an amazing grace 
and an incredible strength. And he did that for you and for me. No wonder printing his words in red makes so much sense. Jesus spilled his real red blood on the cross as he suffered and died for us. So his love constrains us to be not just good listeners of his words, but to be good doers of his words. Dynamic listeners who build our homes on the rock, putting his words to work and and trusting that the gates of hell will not prevail against them and will not prevail against us. In Jesus' name, amen.